the Green Hornet. Hunts the biggest of all game, public enemies who try to destroy our America. With his faithful valet, Cato. Britt Reed, daring young publisher, matches wits with racketeers and saboteurs, risking his life that criminals and enemy spies will feel the weight of the law by the sting of the Green Hornet. Ride with Britt Reed in the thrilling adventure, Short Circuit. The Green Hornet strikes again. Before we begin our Green Hornet adventure, I'd like to ask how long it's been since you've taken one of your old books down off the shelf to read. Quite a spell. Why don't you take some of those old-timers out, dust them off, and send them to the Merchant Marine Library? Our Merchant Marines have some pretty long hours to put in aboard the cargo ships, and reading an interesting book is about the only recreation they have. When these boys are off duty, a book to read will go a long way toward helping them forget the ever-present danger of torpedoes and bombs. The seamen report that the books they like best are biographies, westerns, novels, and mysteries. Now, you probably have a lot of books in your home that you've enjoyed reading and probably won't be reading again. How about wrapping them up and mailing them to the Merchant Marine Library, New York City? Or if you live west of the Mississippi, send them to the Merchant Marine Library, San Francisco. And now, The Green Hornet. <laughs> Michael Axford, reporter for the Daily Sentinel, who was covering police headquarters for news, persuaded Sergeant Burke to allow him to go along when a call came for a police escort to the city airport for a civilian official. As the two men stood watching the plane warm up, Axford's curiosity reached the breaking point. Uh, look, Sarge, I know you said you didn't know who was going in that plane, but something tells me you just want to keep me guessing. Listen, Axford, when I say I don't know, I mean just that. Must be some civilian big shot since Martin of the Federal Bureau rode out here with him. Sure, maybe I'm missing a scoop for the settlement by not knowing. Me being the only reporter out here. Well, if they wanted you reporters to know about it, they'd have called you. Ah, looks like they're getting ready to take off. Sure, and I'd like to be going with them. I'll stick to my squad car, thanks. There they go. Picking up speed fast. Starting to leave the ground. There, it's going up. Rising like an eagle, that it is. <laughs> Look, the wheels are falling up. No, ain't that something? Say, there's something going wrong. If that motor stops at that low altitude, it'll be too bad. Hey, they ain't going to make it, Taz. Holy smoke, it's coming down fast. Great St. Patrick is going to crash. <laughs>
A short time later, two men were talking in a small apartment not far from the city airport. You have done well, Crawford. For what you have accomplished, you shall be paid as I promised. <laughs> for that official and his pilot, the flight was short, eh? And for the rise, it was a successful end to the mission, no? Okay, never mind the gab. All I'm interested in is a payoff. I took a big risk going out there to the airport in a lieutenant's uniform and pulling that job. We are both in the risky business, my friend. I should pay you the thousand dollars we agreed upon, though it's a lot of money for such small services. Listen, you. Maybe you do the planning, but I do the dirty work. You and your Nazi gang were pretty anxious to keep that guy from going anywhere. Of course, Garvin. He was on a diplomatic mission that would not be to our country's interest. Uh, your country's interest, you mean? Yes, my country, since you are what we might call a man without a country, Nicola. <laughs> but to get to business, we already have information that another messenger is to leave on a later plane tonight with the same information. He, too, must be stopped. So you see, our work is not yet finished. Uh, you can count me out on that. Once was risky enough. No, Crawford. I'm definitely counting you in. But if you are successful tonight, you will receive twice the amount of pay. Suppose they're suspicious. The plane that crashed a while ago exploded and burned. Evidence of sabotage was therefore destroyed. Uh, who are those guys they're sending anyway? Why don't some army men take the messages? The men they are trying to send carry messages of diplomatic rather than military import, Robert. Ah, so that's it. Yes. And if we can delay them from getting them from for 24 hours, it'll be useless. Unfortunately for us, civilian airports are not as well guarded as military ones. Well, there are two guards to each hangar. One at the front and one at the back. I got by the guard today by posing as lieutenant. If I should run into the same one, if he's reported letting me go into the hangar, I'll run into trouble. They do not suspect sabotage. And if they did, that guard would be afraid to talk for fear of the consequences to himself. Oh, yeah? Don't forget I used to be in a ground crew once. I know those guys don't think of themselves when it comes to something like that. Perhaps if you had had more of that fanatical loyalty, you would not have been thrown out, my friend. And I wouldn't have been mixed up with the likes of you, either. <laughs> uh, skip the wisecracks. How about my dough? Tonight, after you report back here to me, you should be paid for both jobs. Okay, then I'll get in somehow. Once I'm inside, it doesn't take more than a couple of minutes to fix the plane if a guy knows how. And I'm one guy who does know how. Very well. And remember this, Garford. I do not pay if you fail. In fact, for your own good, you must not fail. Hello there, Katie. And how are you feeling this fine and sunny day? Well, up to a moment ago, I was feeling fine, Axford. Of course, my nerves will probably stop jumping in a few minutes. Sure, you should be used to a little racket around here by now. I expect it, but I'll never get used to it. <laughs> Someday, Cassie, me darling, you might fall for me because of the very things that seem to get on your nerves right now. <laughs> That's the way the romances get started sometimes. Yeah, I guess you mean that I'll go crazy someday. Well, I'd have to be crazy to get romantic over you. And what's more... You can just forget about that me darling business. Too. Sure, that's an old Irish custom when a man talks to a pretty Colleen. Well, uh... you'd better take your old Irish customs inside. Mr. Reed wants to see you. Oh, he does, does he? Well, now, uh... Well, now, uh, what? Well, now, I'll be going right in. You'd better if you know what's good for you. Hey, now, read me or just like that, I'll have you know. <laughs> you seem to have a little trouble getting your fingers together, Axford. 
I'll beat it before I tell Mr. Reed you're out here keeping him waiting. No, Casey, don't be so hasty. I'm on me way. No, you ask Reed. Come on in. Casey says you want to see me, Reed, so I came right in. Yes. Gunnigan says you phoned in a story about a crash at the city airport a while ago. Didn't you get any details who was in the plane, things like that? Oh, sorry, Reed. Martin, the federal man, was out there, and he clamped down on letting any information like that get out. He said I could report the crash, but that was all. Hmm. Must be something behind it, then. Oh, sure there was. There was some civilian official in the plane going somewhere on a secret mission. I see. According to your story, the plane crashed and burned. Yeah, it exploded when it hit. There wasn't a bit of chance for the passenger or the pilot. Did the plane have any trouble taking off? Very a bit. Went down the runway, smooth as you please, and took to the air like a bird. What happened then? Well, it climbed into the air. The motor was humming along without a hitch. That the wheels began folding up. You know, they pull up into the wings like... Yes, I know. Well, just as the wheels got up into the holes they fit into, the motor began missing. Then it stopped altogether, and the plane headed for the ground like a dead duck. So that's the way it was. Yeah, and I'm telling you, Reed, it's a helpless feeling to stand and watch something like that. You know the plane's going to crack up, but there's nothing you can do about it. Well, I've experienced that feeling myself, Exford. I suppose the plane was well inspected before it went up. Yeah, I suppose so. I saw a lieutenant coming out of the hangar just before they wheeled the plane onto the field. Well, he must have given the plane its final inspection. Yeah, I guess so. He went over to a Packard place and got into a car. I guess he drove away. I didn't notice. Yes? Oh, put the call through, please. Yeah, this is Britt Reed. How are you, Inspector Martin? Fine, thanks. Say, uh, one of your reporters, Mike Axman, was at the airport this morning when that, when that plane crashed. Yes, he phoned in the story. I want to make sure he didn't give in any details, that is, names or anything like that. No, he didn't. He reported only that the plane crashed. Good. We have our reasons for keeping the names out of it for the time being. Well, do you think the crash, well, uh, wasn't an accident? So far, we've found nothing to indicate that it was otherwise. I suppose that plane was well inspected before it left the hangar, wasn't it? Of course. We had a sergeant out there for that purpose. A sergeant, did you say? Yes. By the way, if in any way the names of the man and the pilot in that plane should get to you, that information out of the news until you get an okay, will you? Oh, you can count on us, Inspector Martin. Thanks for your cooperation. Goodbye. Goodbye. In case you ever get drafted, Axford, you'd better find out the difference between a sergeant and a lieutenant for your own good. What makes you think I don't know the difference, Reed? Well, you just told me the last one out of the hangar before that plane was wheeled out was a lieutenant. Sure, that's what I said. That's what I saw. A lieutenant he was. Well, Martin just told me the plane was inspected by a sergeant who was the last one in the hangar before it took off. Well, begging Martin's pardon. He was a lieutenant, and I saw him with me on two eyes. That I did. Well, what makes you so sure, Axford? Listen... Do you think I'm dumb, Reed? Uh, let's not go into that now. What makes you so sure the man was a lieutenant? He had a shiny little silver bars on his shoulders and, and an officer's peat cap with the gold thing in front. Okay, I guess you're right. Sure I'm right. And he was the last one to come out of there before the ground crew came along to get out the plane. You see. Uh, tell me, how'd you get back to town? Well, they rode back in the squad car with Sergeant Burke and Cassidy. They're going out there again tonight. I guess I'd go along. Tonight? Sure, uh, it ain't supposed to be known, but uh, another guy's going to take off to go where the poor chap who crashed was going. Uh, Sarge said for me not to mention it to anybody, but uh, I can tell you, of course. I'm glad you did tell me. And I hope there won't be a repetition tonight of what happened today. 
Meanwhile, at the city airport, Mr. Martin was talking to the sergeant who had inspected the plane and to the two guards detailed to watch the hangar. You say that plane was in good order when you made your inspection, Sergeant? Yes, sir. Everything was in perfect order. And you, soldier? You were guarding the back entrance? Yes, sir. No one passed me at all, sir. I see. How about you, Corporal? I passed the sergeant in and out, sir. A short time later, the lieutenant came to check up on the inspection. Lieutenant? Yes, sir. You mean a lieutenant went into the hangar after the sergeant had made his inspection? Well, yes, sir. I hope there was nothing wrong in that, sir. Corporal, the sergeant here was detailed to inspect that plane. No one else. What did he look like? Well, about my height. A little heavier, maybe. Dark-complected and dressed in regulation uniform, sir. You'd know him again if you saw him? I'm sure I would, sir. Holy smoke, Mr. Martin. That guy must have been a phony. Exactly. Begins to look as if it weren't an accident after all. What? You mean I let a saboteur through to that plane, sir? Looks that way, Corporal. Though I suppose under the circumstances you can't be held responsible. And I... I'm to blame... No one's blaming you. Yet. I don't think we've seen the end of things. He may be back. You think he'll try to get to that other plane tonight? Perhaps. Then I'll get a larger detail and surround the hangar. No. No, I have a better plan that may trap him if he does make an attempt. I want these same two men to guard that hangar. No more or he'll be frightened away. I get it, sir. You want to catch him in the act? That's it. A police car has been detailed to bring us out here tonight. I'll have those men with me out of sight beyond the next hangar. If he shows up, what then? Pass him through into the hangar. Then blow your whistle. We'll come on your signal and rush him inside the hangar. Let's hope he does show up. He'll be one saboteur who'll get the surprise of his life. We'll continue our Green Hornet adventure in just a moment. Perhaps some of you car owners are wondering why you aren't able to get as much gasoline as you're entitled to. The reason is the black market. It's been estimated that some two and a half million gallons a day are lost because of illegal operations. The tremendous military requirements made it absolutely necessary to ration gasoline for civilian consumption. It's the only way that there'll possibly be enough gasoline for essential civilian needs. However, as long as black markets exist and are patronized, a great many car owners are just going to be out of luck. The black markets can be smashed, but only if every American will play square. There's just one simple rule to follow. Never buy gasoline without surrendering one of your own properly endorsed coupons. If you really want gasoline, comply with rationing. And now, back to our story. <laughs> apartment that evening, Britt Reed was talking to his faithful valet, Cato, the only person who knew his identity as the Green Hornet. You seem troubled, Mr. Britt. I'm thinking about that plane crash at the city airport this morning. You think it not an uh, accident, perhaps? Well, that lieutenant Axford spoke of bothers me, Cato. Perhaps Axford make mistake, since Mr. Martin says Sergeant inspect plane. Martin's right, of course. But I'm convinced Axford did say a lieutenant, or someone disguised as a lieutenant. Then you do suspect someone uh, tamper with plane. Well, maybe I do. But what they could do to make the plane suddenly choke off in midair stumps me. Do something to fuel line, perhaps? Well, in that case, the motor probably would have stopped before they took off. It was warming up for some time. If motor not sound right before they took off, they sure to notice. Yes, the pilots and ground crew were used to noticing things like that. Axford said the plane seemed to be running all right. 
It wasn't until the wheels retracted after the plane was in air that... Wait. What do you think of, Mr. Britt? Something that could have been done to cause that motor to stop. Perhaps I'm wrong. But if I'm not, then the man in the lieutenant's uniform could have been a saboteur. But if wreckage blew up and burned, no way to tell if anything be done to planes. That's right. But tonight another official is leaving the same airport by special plane. If saboteurs are at work, they'll probably make an attempt to stop him, too. And probably in the same way. Maybe if Green Hornet goes to City Airport... Yes, you're reading my mind, Cato. Black Beauty already. I get gas gun and a mask. All right. I'm playing a hunch this time, but if it turns out to be right, we may prevent another so-called accident and put a saboteur or two in the hands of Uncle Sam. Come on, Cato. Stepping through a secret panel in the rear of a closet in his bedroom, Britt Reed and Cato went along a narrow passageway built within the walls of the apartment house itself. This passage led to an adjoining building which fronted on a dark side street. Though supposedly abandoned, this building served as the hiding place for the sleek, super-powered Black Beauty, streamlined car of the Green Hornet. Britt Reed pressed a button. The great car roared into life. A section of the wall in front raised automatically, then closed as the gleaming Black Beauty sped into the darkness. shadows. The only cars in the parking space over there are the squad car and the one Martin and the official came in. Perhaps man not come in own car this time. If he... Wait, wait. There's a car turning in there now. Man getting out. He's not able to see us here in dark with the lights out. When he passes under that entrance light, we can see... Kato, he's in an officer's uniform. Yes. Maybe fake lieutenant, Mr. Britt. You stay here and keep an eye on his car. If he comes back to it later, we'll follow him. What do you do now? If he's the man we're looking for, he'll lead me to the hangar where the plane is. But what happens after that depends on him. Well, Sarge, we're here in plenty of time. They haven't brought out the plane yet. Is it in the same hangar the other one was? Yes, that one over there. What are you standing over here by this hangar for, then? Mr. Martin's coming back here in a minute. And for reasons of his own, he wants us to meet him here. But he won't like you hanging around. So you better beat it to the waiting room till we're ready to go back to town. Hey, now, what's going on here? I shouldn't be in on, I'd like to know. Martin will tell you all about it later, Iceford. Trying to get information from him is like pulling teeth. Well, I'm telling you. He better not find you here. Here comes Mr. Martin now, Sarge. I, uh, think I'll take a look around while I'm waiting. <laughs> no use making Martin sore. <laughs> <laughs> if Axford knew we was looking for spies, he'd throw a fit because we chased him away. Yeah, sure, he's got spies in the brain, if you ask me. Now, Sergeant Burke, you and your two men come right over with me close to this hangar so we can't be seen from the other hangar. How'll we know if we're needed, Mr. Martin? The corporal will blow his whistle if the man we expect should make his appearance. We want to catch him in the act inside the hangar. Have your guns ready, and if that whistle blows, don't lose a second getting to that other hangar. He must not get away. Halt! Who goes there? I'm an officer. 
Advanced to be recognized, sir. I'm checking up to make sure the sergeant made his final inspection tonight. Yes, sir. The final inspection's been made, sir. Good. You can't be too careful. That's right, sir. Hey, uh, aren't you the same guard who was here today? Yes, sir. If you want to go in now, sir, there isn't much time. Hold on a minute. Uh, strange they haven't changed guards here since this morning. It's a special detail, sir. I'll pass you in if you're ready to Someone go. Someone else is in there already. Who is it? Someone else. Hello, sir. You must be mistaken. Oh, look, I... in there by the plane. Well, I don't see it. So, not to be fooled so easily, you chump. You were a little too anxious to pass me in. Well, now to drag me inside the door. There. Let's hope they take that plane out before they find you not at your post. I'll do my part to make one more accident happen. Hey, Sarge. Sarge. What's all the excitement, I say? Hey, what are you doing here? Oh, hello, Martin. Listen, Olivia. I saw that lieutenant again. The one I saw around here this morning. So what? Hold on, Sergeant Burke. That lieutenant's the man we're waiting for. The corporal should have blown that whistle by now. To my way I'm... of thinking, there's something funny going on. Where'd you see that man, Axford? The lieutenant, you mean? Yes. Where was he when you just saw him just he now? He went over toward the hangar where that plane is. I followed just for no reason at all. And when he got near to the doorway of the hangar, he was gone. And so was the guard. The guard not there? Bring your men, quick, Burke. Our plan has slipped up somehow, and we've got to move fast. <laughs> Huh? This is the cinch to fix. There. That does it. It'll work, too. They don't inspect the plane again when they find that dopey guard. I need job, Lug. What the... Mask man. Gosh, if you'd let the guard out so I could get in to watch, keep your hands up. You're the Green Hornet. Oh, what? Listen, I... I guess you came to pull a job here yourself. Uh, maybe we can make a deal with you. Hey, something's gone wrong. I'm getting out of here. <coughs> oh! <laughs> Thinks he took me off guard. The kid will be watching. I've got to pull that wire loose. There's a carbone. Knocked out, we got him. Look, somebody's over near the plane. Get after it, quick. Come on, men. He's running toward the back of the hangar. Holy cow, looks like the green hand. Hold your spell, Green. Uh, he was tampering with the plane here. Oh, so that's it. The other plane must have been fixed the same way. Him and that fake officer must have been working together, the dirty spies. Come on, we'll go after them. Hurry up. Leave one of your men here to watch this plane. I don't want it to leave the hangar. Cassidy, stay here with the plane. Come on, the rest of you are quick. There he goes. Make it snappier. Get clean away. The guard at the back shooting at them, but he ain't got a chance of hitting that slippery harness. Okay, well, that phony officer's car still in sight. He's probably too panicky to realize we're following him. But we being followed too, Mr. Brick. Police car back there. They get too close before that fellow reaches his destination. We'll have to use the smoke screen. It'd be necessary soon. Police car coming fast. The car head's turning a corner after him, Cato. Nothing ever lose black beauty, Mr. Brick. Sure, he's still in sight. Police getting too near. Just come around the corner. Move up on that car ahead. Police speed up, too. All right, open the jets, Kato. We'll give them a cloud of smoke. Psst. Smoke screen hide us from their view now. The car ahead seems to be stopping. Turn into that side street before the smoke clears. The police ought to be able to handle this from now on. I think we've led them to the Ratsy's nest, so they ought to make a good haul.
sneaking hornet will do anything to get away. That smoke was just another of his tricks. It's clearing away now. Do you see them? Look, that fake lieutenant just got out of that car to stop in front of the apartment house. Yeah, he's going into that place and will maybe be leading us right to the hornet's hideout. Stop here, Tinnigan. All right, Pike. Come on. If we're not quick, they'll give us the slip again. We've got to get them this time. Begs you soon. There's the devil to pay, Rudder. A green hornet busted into me while I was doing the job. The cops followed him and rushed the hangar. I just got away by a hair, believe me. You fool. Why did you come here? Don't you know you may have been followed? That green hornet is too smart to let you get away without reason. Say, I didn't think of that. Huh. But if he does come here, we can make a deal with him to keep his mouth shut. He'll do anything for money, they say. Speaking of money, get out of that uniform and be quick about it. You have bungled the whole thing, so you shall not be paid anything, do you hear? Wait a minute, Twiney. You figure on double-crossing me, you have another thing coming. Is that so? Maybe this would keep you under control. Put that gun down, Ryder. This is no time to be squaring off at each other. Take it easy. You have served your purpose, Crawford. The Nazi party knows how to deal with those who fail. So this is the time for me... Nazi party, huh? Well, this is our party now. Grab him, Finney. I got him. No, you... Uh, your shooting is a failure too, Mr. Nazi, thanks to Mr. Martin. That one you slugged, Mr. Martin, is the same guy you saw this morning in the uniform. He's the one we want, all right. And he led us right to his Nazi boss. These will be federal prisoners, Burke, but we'll take them down to headquarters for questioning. Hey, I'm an American. You can't do this to me. American. You're <laughs> worse than your boss. He's an enemy to your country, but you're a traitor to your country, which is worse. That harness too slick. He did show up here with his pal. Well, at least by following the Green Hornet, we found this rat's nest and got these two. Yes, and we know the Hornet had a part in the sabotage of those planes. Just what was it he did to the plane? By the simple process of stretching a fine bare wire under the wing of the plane and connecting it a certain way, a short circuit was caused when the wheels retracted after the plane took off. It would take only a few minutes for one who knew how to do it. Well, I'll be switched. How did you know about it? One end of the wire was hanging loose. That's how I noticed it. The trick has been pulled before elsewhere. Holy crow, that hornet is smarter than I thought. The green hornet is a very ingenious man, Axford. Sure, and I can think of worse things than that to call him, too. Go on, Axford. Martin means the hornet's clever. Clever, is he? He was dumb enough to lead us here. It was you, Rudder, and your loud mouth that brought him to this apartment. When rats get to squealing at each other, they don't stop to think people may be listening outside their door. We heard enough from you two already to put the rope around your necks. Let's take him away. Listen to that, will you? The Green Harness leaving his pals to their fate. And him going off to plan more deviltry. We'll start a hunt for him on a bigger scale than ever before. Sure. And the day will come when that Spalpeen will be sorry he ever tied up with Hitler and his pals. It'll be a great day for us when the Green Hornet is behind bars. March 15th tax date with the collector of internal revenue is not far away. We have to pay for this war and the bill is tremendous. 
Therefore, our taxes must necessarily be high. Here are those who must file a return. Any single person whose gross income in 1943 was $500 or more. Any husband or wife whose individual gross income was more than $624. Every husband and wife whose combined gross income was $1,200 or more. And every individual who paid or owed a tax on 1942 income. You may secure income tax forms and receive help free of charge from your local collector of internal revenue. Remember, returns must be filed at the collector's office and any tax must be paid not later than midnight of March 15th. Fill out your return now and find out where you stand. Be sure to listen to The Green Hornet again next week at this same time. These copyrighted dramas originate in the studios of WXYZ Detroit. All characters, names, places, and incidents used are fictitious. Bob Height speaking. This is the Blue Network.